long time ago, there was a podcast at the dojo, home of Kobashi, the Bendis. Yeah, mate. Um, nah, not quite what I was after. Maybe, maybe try singing something. Oh, sorry, Mister J. Long time ago, there was a podcast at the dojo. Nah, nah, June. Sorry, mate. This ain't working either. What? <laughs> Have you got something that sounds mysterious? Oh, sorry, Mister J. Uh, yeah, nah, June, listen, mate, um, yeah, look, mate, look, I think I'm going to go with the old one. Okay, you got it? Yeah, um, so, G, 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 Jai, Jai Deeg. Oh, yeah, okay, um, Jai Deeg. Okay, okay, good, yep, yep. All right, five seconds, four, three. Hello, welcome to Stax Radio, uh, with your host, G, Deeg. Oh, you stupid fuck. Well, good day and welcome to the first stacks of 2021. And I'm here with me, good pal, the drumming Sasquatch himself, <laughs> drumming extraordinaire from the band Kabashi, and my sparring verbal partner, Mr. Squatchy Boy himself. How are you, mate? It's good to see you. I understand you've been a bit unwell lately, so if, if things go sideways today, we'll just put it down to your brain. Mate, I've had, yeah, I've had some uh, brain issues. Yeah, well, we know that, but... I mean, um, more been, than normal. Oh, well, yes. Um, a little concerning. You've had too many knocks to the head. Well, for those that uh, may not know, but yeah, I used to have a, a past history of... Um, headbutting cars. Headbutting oncoming cars. No, <laughs> no, past history. I used to play a lot of rugby league. And, uh, of course, that's a game. And I played in the grand era of you can't run without a head. Mm. So uh, it was always good to, to have, uh, you know, that hanging over your head like blokes sort of... They, they figured if they hit you hard enough and knock you stupid, it kind of knocked you out for the rest of the game. So I guess it's like if you're a boxer, you get the guy concussed and get him on the ropes. He's not going to fight as well. So no, that, that was the plan. The you, cumulative effect of that, though, with you has been... Well, mate, 15 years of it, actually, yeah. like of... of Getting ca- and I think I've been flatlined. Jeez, I, more than I can remember. Yep. So um, yeah, got back from the hospital and yeah, there's, there's issues there and they're, they're sorting it out now. So that's good, mate. We can't uh, can't lose you yet. Even though I'm going to start calling you Al, Alzheimer, 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 because you're, you're starting to forget the simple things, you um, poor old bloke. But hopefully they can. Well, how was do this morning, for, for example? Yep. Like this is what happens when you got head injuries. And for example, um, you'd come round and mm. I was I was still sort of making breakfast and I sat there for 15 minutes waiting for the toaster to pop out the toast but I'd actually hadn't put the toast in the toaster yep reminds me of that time um, misspent my misspent youth where I I smoked some stuff I shouldn't it took me two hours to work out how to get out of an armchair so, <laughs> so uh, probably probably a very similar sort of fog I imagine so <laughs> I, uh, I don't know I haven't experienced those moments in in my earlier days as well I, I, possibly <laughs> 
Yeah. I don't think you're worried about it then. No, it was pretty funny though. Even yeah. now looking You back. may notice a bit of sound going on in the background. Right next door to the studio here, we've got a massive we're, big... We're expanding, is that right? A massive big uh, Caterpillar DC-9 with a, with a bucket on it, tearing up concrete footings to build a wall, apparently, because we're too noisy. They've got to build a wall next door. So... And, uh, protecting the dojo from protecting others. the dojo um, yeah. from aliens. Yeah. Well, Adam, there's a whole lot going on this year, mate. And uh, let's let's not dilly dally. Let's get stuck right into it, mate. mate. Ask away. What what is going on? Like it, we're what 18 more than 18 months now into this whole COVID thing that's been going down. Yeah, two years and two weeks of flattening the curve. So, <laughs> so today I'm going to bring up. Let's look at like reasons let's talk about because the big thing right now is is you need to be vaccinated especially in wa to be able to enter into a venue to play Mm. um which is you know like i mean and and we've all got our stances on vaccination and uh but i think for the government to come out and say look we're stopping people getting in okay so let's start with the first question how is an unvaccinated person and this is simply our opinions neither of us are experts I'm hardly an expert at anything, but uh, neither of us are experts. But we're only we're both very interested in this topic, and we're going to give you a perspective today of just a couple of bullheads. Let's ask the questions that other people what, what, want to ask. Yeah. So why do you what's what's your thoughts on why the government wants us to be vaccinated? Blanket, cold, cut. That's it. When when my opinion is, if you're vaccinated, you've got nothing to worry about from unvaccinated mm. people. Look, it's a really interesting question, and we'd have to go back over the last couple of years to see how the narrative and the storytelling has changed. Yep. I deliberately said we've gone from two weeks to flatten the curve. That was the first initial narrative. Right. So spend a couple of weeks in your homes, you know, to to stop the initial surge and make sure people uh, don't uh, overflow hospitals and things. Yep. Then it's gone from that to, or maybe you should wear masks. Now, masks are only, once again, finally been admitted to by the CDC that they're about as useful as tits on a bull. Exactly. So, I mean, let's let's look at the obvious. With my, I mean, if I'm sitting there in close contact and I'm slobbering away and a bit of spittoon, I think is the correct terminology, goes in... Spittle? Spittle goes into your vicinity. Whether it makes its way. Let's go, let's go worst case scenario. You're a harbinger I, of death. Yeah, I, I spit in your mouth. <laughs> Again, you know, <laughs> do you think that's curbed nightclubs and people are still getting on the dance floor blind and just going the uh, going the big pasho on the dance floor? Well, if they are, they're not happening at any clubs I'm going to because I've tried, and um, you know, my my mo of picking up is finding someone really really drunk because I look like a likely option, but I'm still having no luck. Having said, did you ever have that problem like when I was growing up too? Like like you look all right in a nightclub, they get up the next morning, they're like, ooh. What do you mean, did I? I, I still do. <laughs> and that's your wife of how many years? <laughs> yeah, she's 17 years married and she has to keep getting glasses every couple of years and I reckon it's because her eyes are starting to get better. Yep. So she has to get a new set of glasses to blur her vision a bit more again just because yeah. uh, she doesn't really drink much. No. Nah. Um, no, that's a... Uh, poor thing. Yeah, I mean, she does put up with a lot. She does. Like, she's a long-suffering uh, person, so they'll... Um, they're going to stick a bronze of her somewhere, I'm sure, one day when, when I fall off this mortal coil. Yep. Uh, as a as a testament to... Perseverance. Perseverance, patience, <laughs> kindness, and sheer bloody-mindedness, basically. So, 
So let's get back to that. So I've, I've, I've passed you on the dance floor. Numerous times. Now, does the masks prevent that? It would prevent that, surely. <laughs> well, from what I've read, and again, this is a couple of laymen talking, that the general size of the particulate filters in these masks are they're about 0.3 microns. They filter out anything bigger than 0.3 microns. Right. I'm led to believe the virus is 0.1. Right, so what you're saying is... That the it gets mo- through. The, 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 <laughs> yeah. And it's even smaller than an atom, is that correct? Yeah, it's like, you know, to me it's like trying to use a fly screen door to um, to stop the flow of water coming down from a dam. Right. You know, that's the yeah, good way to put it. If yeah. I could put it there, it's a very, very bad analogy, but it literally is like putting fly screen across the mouth of a, of a dam to stop the water coming out. Got it. It's going to happen. Yep. Um... So we've gone from we've changed the narrative. So it went from that to wear a mask, and everyone said, "Okay, yep, no, this is good. This is this is okay." Then we started to get more and more. Now you have to report where you're going, and a lot of people sort of balked that a bit. And there are other people who've gone, "Yep, yep, no, this is good," because the whole time we've had this, we've been saturated every single day with this message for the greater good, for the common good, for the right, to mm-hmm. do all these things for other people to roll up your sleeves for WA all this sort of stuff and then we were told the vaccine's coming out that's great yes excellent and then once vaccines are done we should be able to get on with our lives okay yeah well if that's what it means because yeah um, I've had all my vaccinations I know you've had all your vaccinations so I'm not anti-vax either are you I've never got measles or mumps or anything because of vaccines yep okay good and um where are these vaccines coming from? Oh, you don't need to ask that. you just got to trust the science. Yeah. Yep. Okay, what's in it? Just trust the science. And unfortunately, by this stage, a lot of people saying, we trust the science. We trust the leadership. Because they've been so conditioned. In fact, if you listen to... Um, we didn't say that too. I mean, that that has been the case for a very long time. Mm. I mean, we trusted the government in World War One that we're going to go over there and take care of the Jerrys and take mm. care of business yep. and... Find ourselves back in good old Australia before you know it. Yeah, uh, and so we, uh, we've trusted the government. For and a long mothers time. trusted their governments, and they said, "Thalidomide." Got my tongue tangled. Easy for me to say. You talk about thalidomide. Thalidomide is perfectly fine. And did it's I not say gonna, thalidomide or thalidomide? You, thal- thal- you, thal- you said thalidomide first. That's one of them, isn't it? It is. Yeah, thalidomide <laughs> uh, is going to be fine. Um, and we saw what happened there. Yeah, a bunch um, of chicken wings, sort of. Like, it's you know, it was, the chicken. Well, chicken wings looks like. It, it stunted the growth of what from the from the elbow forward, didn't it? Really, it did. What also has happened is there seems to be a lot of what we used to have norms in the medical sector of uh, research, development, uh, testing, years and years and years being completely bypassed to shove this thing out now and get it done. Well, with the thalidomide, did I say it right? No, I'm not saying. I think I'm going to so, say it wrong. Correctly. Thalidomide. Thalidomide. With the thalidomide. Uh, I mean, it was prescribed to most often pregnant women for headaches and, mm. and nausea symptoms due to pregnancy. Mm. Yep. And it, it, it sort of calmed things down there. However, it had a drastic effect. Now, somehow it got passed through as being proven as safe. Mm-hmm. There was no long-term testing. It's another case of no long-term testing. So mm-hmm. do you think there's a possibility that we will not know until the generation of people with the vaccine has children? Well, it, it sort of begs the question as to why Pfizer want to hide all the research and data um, through the courts for 55 years, as they've a, a petitioned the, the courts to. Right. 
So we don't want anything coming out for the next 55 years. Got it. So it straight away, it doesn't really build confidence. But we have the, a whole bunch of people, and it's a bombardment. Get your shot, get your shot, get your shot. Do the right thing, get your shot, get your shot. And you can see battle lines are forming, and now people who haven't got their vaccines are being looked upon as second-class citizens. See, for me, I'm not so much... For me, getting the vaccine, and I've done it, mm. I didn't really ask the question. I went, oh, look, no dra dramas. I put some weird shit to my body over the years, and yep. and for me, it was like, oh, well, this really can't hurt. After having the vaccine, I've learned more about it. Mm. Um, I haven't had any adverse reactions. You hear a lot about it. But it was more of a case of if I get this vaccine, like... You didn't get it for health reasons. Well, no, I got it because obviously I've got family yep. in Japan and we want to be able to, as soon as we possibly can get our kids to see their grandparents, then mm. that was the reason. I, I also was told to do it by, I was working for a school mm. at the time, so therefore I, I had to get it Yeah. Um, in order to keep your job, which now what I was getting to was that is where I draw the line and saying, well, mm -hmm. they've taken away our right but then they've, they've actually been doing that for a long time Adam because my daughters have had to have vaccines in order to get any tax benefits through yep. things like Centrelink yep. and all those kinds of things you've needed to have that vaccine to qualify to get any assistance or, or let's just not even say assistance from the government to, to get them into daycare to qualify to be able to be to have the, the normal rights yeah, of any other Joe Blow, yep. you know, because it, otherwise you are discriminated against for the vaccines. Yep. Now, I understand polio, rubella, and all the other ones that you can have vaccines for has been proven. It does work, and we do Well, this is it. the thing. There's, there's how much years of history behind these vaccines, too. This isn't something that's just come out, oh, we've got the solution to this problem that just magically came out. Uh, but in saying that, too, have we not moved forward with technology and we can see that um, we didn't have that technology back when, like, th these are sh the vaccines Un that were developed in, in the 20s. Un undoubtedly, 30s, you know? things have changed, um, and technology has changed, and methodology has changed. But even when the guy who invents this stuff says, hey, this isn't what I <laughs> intended this technology, this mRNA technology for, it's not for this. When he says, don't do this, you should stand up and listen. But the problem is, of course, was he not silenced? He was silenced. Yep. Yep. The day before he went on Joe Rogan's podcast. This isn't podcast. Fauci, is it? No, this, no, we won't talk about him, otherwise I'll get angry. Uh, we're talking about Dr. Robert Malone, yep. who was, the day before he went on Joe Rogan, was kicked off Twitter for no reason. Right. And hasn't Joe Rogan's interview with him been pulled? Uh, the video has. You can still hear the, the interview you, on Spotify. You can still hear the audio? Yep, you can still hear the interview on Spotify. Uh, so, and it's well worth a listen. So if anyone who's listening to this yep. and wants to go really down a rabbit hole with mm. this, yep. of course, listen to um, that episode and we're not with, trying, with, with we're, Dr. Malone. Yeah, and we're not trying to say one way or another, but what I guess what I'm trying to say is it, it, we've got to question everything that we're being fed. And when we're being bombarded constantly from all sides for one line, one line, do this, do this, don't do this, do this, and someone else says, maybe let's look at this option, and they get silenced... That should cause us to be concerned. In fact, if you want to know who are the powerful people in your country, in your world, find out who you're not allowed to speak against. They're right. the ones who are in power.
Yep. And that sort of power only ever leads to negative things down the track because the human condition, our selfishness, we have all of us have an insatiable lust for power and control in certain aspects in every part of our lives. We all do it, whether it's control over finances or control over family or control over uh, a business, and, and it just gets worse. And the more and more uh, things we have control over, the, the thirst and the lust for that uh, power, it doesn't dissipate at all. So it's worth just even just consider it. Don't just dismiss people off the bat because oh, they're not saying the same party line. Listen to what people say, and that's how you make an informed decision. Or never just go, "Oh, this is what CNN told me," or "This is what Fox told me." No, let's find out what other people are saying too. You cannot ever make an informed decision from one source, because usually there's, as we're starting to see, there are media and government and medicals in bed together, and they're all pushing the same agenda. And that agenda has gone from two weeks to flatten the curve to wear your mask to have a shot. Now we need two shots. Now you need to be able to prove you've had your shots if you can go anywhere and we're going back to the Gesundheit Pass. But what are they going to do for of people 30s that, Germany? that can't? I mean, at what point do they then look at the backlash and they see things like people not being able to gain entry into sort of mandatory things and, and, and to, to... I mean, we discussed this morning actually how in Great Britain at the moment, and I've just listened to... Um, Old Boris boy talk about how they're going to drop yep. mandatory vaxxing, they're going to drop having to show your passports mm. to gain entry into anywhere and that's because of what they found was happening was that depression spiked, mm. suicides rose, yep. all these adverse effects of this control. Mm -hmm. Now do you think at any point that they're fearing the fact that they may be liable for these people's lives and they're going to actually take it on board as well we, we, we cause this I think there then is does that, that open lawsuits does it do all that kind of thing there is always a threat of litigation we live in a litigious world um, the French showed us how to do it in 1800s yep. and when they didn't like their government uh, and there will be backlash the problem is for a lot of countries now we've given up our our rights so much that any backlash would be quickly squashed. Are we talking about the French Revolution? That's part of what we're talking about. Was it's that when a lot of people lost their heads due to the guillotine? Guillotine, yes. I can't say it like a with a really Gaulic snobby accent as much as I'd like to. So, <laughs> guillotine. That sounds more Mexican then, didn't it? So, hello, guillotine. <laughs> hey, mister, you want to lose your head? Don't lose your head, man. Stay away from the gear. And we'll probably be cancelled now for appropriating some sort of cultural stereotype. Don't forget, the world's gone insane at the same time as this. And it's been very, very cleverly planned. Everybody is more divided than they've ever been. Wedges have been deliberately driven between people. Well, was it a Marxist comment that was about, like, divide and conquer is the way to control? Of course. Any Anything that's divided is easy to control. We've, we've all heard it, a nation divided against itself will not stand. Yep. It's true. A household divided will not stand, let alone a nation. But we have conditioned and trained and taught people that feelings matter over facts and their rights ex exist over other people's rights and what matters as long as they're okay and they can stand up for something, then that's okay. And if you don't do what I want you to do, I'm going to um, scream like hell and cancel you because that's how healthy people operate. And you tell me that's not insane. So the narrative has changed again and it went from have a couple of shots because if you get these shots, what will happen? You will not get the virus if you get a vaccine. Even 
peanut butter brain Biden well, said that. Mate, I can't remember actually ever hearing that. I, so Joe, yeah, Joe Biden's come he out. Actually said, he actually said that, but of course... Just, did, did ScoMo himself actually make a comment like that? Um, I think it's possible. I know, I've definitely heard Biden say it, yep. but he was just told what to say because that guy's got no faculties whatsoever. Well, basically he's a Thunderbird, isn't he? Oh, he's got spaghetti in his head. That's all it is, right? <laughs> he's, he, um, but if you get this, you will not get the virus. And so people flock to it because yep. they've been conditioned to be afraid of this thing. Then it went from... My, yeah, qu- my question is, if you're a bloke and they said, do not get the virus because you'll grow a second dick, mm. something that outlandish... I'd, I'd how, how many blo- would, would you just get the people out there that want to sort of double down on what they've got already? So I'd, I'd, I'd have a chance at two. See, uh, see what happens. So, um, but then, then yeah, that'd have two not being used instead of one. So, yeah. uh, but I've got a spare then. Um, but again, the narrative changes. So it went from you won't get it to, or oh, you might get it, but it won't be as severe. Yep. To, okay, these ones now aren't protecting against the new variant. So basically, what we're doing is we're putting a useless vaccine in the people yep. as long as you comply you can contribute to society and you can function in our is there any chance world. of this just being purely a placebo as an experiment i don't think it's a placebo i think it's conditioning people to be more reliant on the government and control from the government in their lives and it's been done over 60 or 70 years so then the next question is why would they want that control why wouldn't they wouldn't you love to be able to control what everyone does if you have a, well, maybe not you because you're not a psychopath, but uh, we got we can't just look at this one thing in isolation and go, okay, this is why. Don't forget, we live in a world that, again, battle lines are drawn. There is a complete cult on the environment now, so you've got to, which has been brewing for. But, but we've been controlled by the government for as long as there's been government. Yep, and it's getting and, and, more and, and more brazen. And we can even go back to the, you know, to 500 AD. Yeah. Taxes have been a way of controlling people for years and years. Keep yep. people poor, keep people rich, keep people in one area. Yep, absolutely. Why? You know? Because you can control people. Now, we talk about the good old days. Oftentimes, oh, the good old days. What were the good old days when we felt like we were free to say what we want? Every generation is going to recall their youth as yep. the good old days. Yep, exactly right, because things were nowhere near as bad as they are now. And that was the same for my grandparents, yep. my parents, and for us. Yeah, you can't say that for the people that grew up in 1914 and 1940s and all that. Like, Okay, well, look at, look at Australia post-war, the lucky country. Yep. It was the greatest time to be here from 1950 to about 1980. In all honesty, I still think it is the lucky country. You know? uh, it's getting more and more jaded and cynical. But that's as, wor- as the world closes in and we become more one world as opposed exactly. to one nation. Exactly right. And so we're losing our identity. And whatever um, thing we have about us now is being taken from us now by... Uh, people in power. You can't do this, you can do that, say this, don't say that, think that, don't think that. Uh, insane levels of stupidity. But it's been conditioned and planned for a long, long time. So we go back to the cult environmentalism. The world needs to be saved. If we don't do this, the ice cats will melt. How long? In the 80s, remember the CFC thing? Yeah, the chlorofluorocarbons. Yeah. yeah, we can't do that. We'll have a hole in the ozone layer. We'll be dead in ten years. Now it's like we'll be dead in ten years if the Earth doesn't cool. And the billionaires are buying bloody seafront land, so they really know about this stuff. They really like invested in it. The point is not that either. The point is controlling people. When you control people, when you control what they do, you have um, when you believe you're doing the right thing, 
as a cultist might. And this is what it is. This is a cult. Absolutely a cult. A medical cult and a environment cult. I'm on a righteous mission. And if it means people don't do what they want to or die along the way, as long as my goals are achieved of this utopia of a sustainable planet and all this, then... But is, is, sacrifices is the reason that, that they want control is so that they can manipulate outcome? Of course. You know. Yeah. And yeah. Would, it, would it be to suit those people that... I mean, I guess no matter how much money you've got, titles and deeds on land are that stand fast in any court of law. Well, it, it does until the law changes. Now, why do you think there's such a push to change laws now? Um, Democrats are going insane in America because they want more and more power and they're getting really pissed off that Republicans are counterbalancing what they want to do, so they're trying to change the laws so they can bypass that. That's an insatiable lust for power and control. Yeah. Why? Because, again, if I have power and can control people, I'm good. It's the same as every dictator in history. What we're actually getting is a an insight into, or a free trial, dare I say, of com communism is the end goal. We will own nothing, and we'll love it. The government will own everything. The government will tell us where we can go. Will allow us to go certain places, watch certain things, say certain things, just like Russia did, just like China do now. And once you can control people, control borders, control a populace, do you think that could bring about problems as far as world wars? So once course. once they've attained that and mm. they've got that goal, then all of a sudden you, you on a more so while at the moment the, the world's global and mm. we have a lot of, okay, we'll say say Chinese and, and Japanese mm. and Europeans living in Australia, the interest of those countries going in and, and causing a problem is slightly less due to the fact that they've got countrymen and fellow countrymen everywhere in the world. So therefore, this whole thing about espionage and spying and all that kind of stuff, mm. it, it's all gone. But if you go back to that kind of, and it's almost militant, mm kind of way of living that's going to cause that tribalism of us versus you again oh hell yeah and that could bring a but they have all the guns see we've been disarmed <laughs> and again it's not by accident this is okay the it's very much the playbook of what's called the Fabian Socialists who um, were named after a Roman general um, who obviously was called Fabius in his name quick question yep was he the most handsome and most beautiful? No, that was beautiful Fabio, so a little different. General um, in all the, the cosmos. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, he had a bird strike to the face <laughs> on a chariot. and um, uh, But the whole thing of um, Fabian socialism is not to uh, change society by um, rapid conquest, but it's through things like gradualism. You could push towards socialism and then towards communism by gradual steps at a time. So um, this Fabius, the general, he didn't attack... Um, the opposing uh, armies at first for a bit. He just little bit by little bit by little bit, insidious almost, sneaky and manipulative. And this is what we've been dealing with. So in the 60s, we start getting the summer of love. We start to say, we'll do what we want. You can't tell us what to do, man. Peace, love and chicken wings, right? And then we get to the 70s where more and more thinking of, you know, you should do this, you can't do this, no, you can't. Uh, teach your kids this now because this might be harmful to them to the 80s where you can't discipline your kids and we're reaping the rewards of this stuff where we've got kids now who are 20 and 30 who've been indoctrinated in universities 
and they've been told what to think and deliberately not told how to think. Right, so this is what you think. And if you do not think this and do not repeat this and do not parrot this line, you are a bad person. But how did that happen when the people that would be obviously giving these lectures and the, mm. and the, the brains trusts at the universities would have mm. come through living majority of their lives in the 70s and 80s? Gradualism. Right. Just start planting seeds and then when you can get a chance to overthrow someone or replace someone, replace them with someone on your side. It's like chess. You don't just attack with your bishop straight away, or you don't attack with your queen. Oh, I've always done that. Then yeah. again, I'm a shit chess player. Yeah, so am I. So this, uh, but you sometimes I even lead with the king. Yep. And why not? Why the hell not? Uh, yeah. I, th I thought they're not going to expect this because no one would do this. No, exactly right. And the yeah. reason no one would do that because oh. it's the stupidest move. Always keep your enemy guessing. Exactly right. <laughs> uh, but it's but it's just gradual. It's just gradual, gradual, gradual. So we'll just be patient because we're going to win this fight. Yeah. I'm going to win this fight by hitting him as hard as I can in the fist with my face. Yep, and that's possibly why your brain is... Um, there's, there's an old story about a, a minister in a church, an old priest, who uh, wanted to move the organ from one side of the church to the other. Right. And he knew that because traditional old church and all the old ladies would be upset at the thought of moving something so precious and delicate. We can't do that. So what he did is every week he just moved it a centimetre. Right? And after three years, the piano was on the other side where he wanted it, and no one complained at all. It's the or you know the frog in the water. You put a frog frog in boiling water, it'll jump out straight away. But if you put it in water and just heat it up gradually, it'll stay there till it cooks. We are being cooked by people who are, <laughs> by and large, cooked. <laughs> um, but this is the way we're going, and we're being conditioned, and we've been trained to uh, rely more and more on the government and. You know, to fall into line because people's desire, not just for power, but another strong motivator for people is a desire to be accepted. Right. We want to be popular. We want to be acceptable to people. We want to be loved by people. And so if we're not saying the right things, there's a danger that we might be outcast. And I can't be outcast because my fragile ego can't handle the fact that I might be able to think for myself. So uh, I'll say what needs to be said in order to be acceptable, and then I can look at the other people and go, you're wrong, and I feel better than you because I'm on the right side. But why do we live in a culture and a, and a, and a society where ostracization is something that happens due to the fact of your beliefs or your thoughts? We've always done that. It's Shouldn't it, should it not be on your acts? It's human nature. It's just getting more and more prevalent now and more and more uh, extreme. Uh, not that I'm a far right person by any means, but I can tell you that the left is just absolutely crazy at the moment. The lunacy going on. That they would actually, in America, let cities burn rather than saying, this was bad, but stop this. This does nothing. Mm. No, we'll just let city and we'll let people out on bail cheap to go out and do more stuff. There is no common sense in that. No. But what it is, it's. But is it afraid because they're going to be seen as harsh or they'll be cruel? We people, people don't want to have that tag or moniker. Yep. You know, or, or you're cruel. Why? Because you've put that person away for so many years. Well, we've changed, like, and that's what I alluded to earlier. We've but changed. Then we've got Julian Assange. That, yep. they, that all he's done is release some information, yep. and they're, yep. and they're quite happy to persecute that. Oh guy. yeah. Look, don't 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 for a minute think that um, people in power and people on the left, particularly, will move goalposts when it suits them. Um, that's the that's the biggest exercise they get, apart from running people down or jumping to conclusions. It's moving goalposts. Yeah. yeah. Um, but the, the point is, and I alluded to this earlier, is that we've changed from a society that um, 
wants to know the details and we become so focused on emotion yeah uh, and emotions are untrustworthy emotions are fleeting emotions are changeable emotions are unstable well let's go back to even when we were teenagers mm. how many stupid things would you do due to the fact that you're emotional mm. and, and still to this day yeah I do it I'm, I'm still emotional I, I like to say it's because I'm an artist I'm a creative person and there's a reason I think us creative people um, get emotional or sometimes bump ourselves off early in life or or do silly things because we just think differently I agree but um or we imagine differently but yeah we we live in this world where we can't hurt feelings now my feelings supersede any fact so if you know, we're at this sort of level where you can say the sky is blue and i don't feel like it's blue how dare you oppress me or and here's the sorry and i'm going to offend people here i feel like a woman today oh let's celebrate your delusion then shall we and tell you that you're a woman <laughs> so uh there is nothing and again goalposts have changed definitions have changed a vaccine used to be something that would prevent a disease right and that's what we were promised with this thing and now it's like oh day you just won't get it as bad so they've actually changed what it meant and the dictionaries online have actually changed definition over the last two years male and female used to be defined scientifically the science says you have chromosomes now you can be whatever you feel like and if you don't agree with that then you are ostracized and but you are demonized it's one thing to to support that ideal but what about the practicality in the application so therefore it's okay to 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 celebrate and to feel like that but if i want to identify as a female today i can't then just wander into a female toilets and they go well what are you doing in here pervert and mm. they're like, no 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 oh, today i feel female but they can do that and that is what's happening and people are being empowered to do that and we do it because we don't want to hurt feelings so we'll support people who are being completely delusional the problem is but do you think sorry to cut you off but it's just made me think of something very important and it's kind of a dark matter but do you think if you identify as an eight-year-old that gives you every right to surround yourself with other eight-year-olds as an adult of and, course and play this and is experiment and go through those same things that you did as a kid as an eight-year-old and we all remember doing things like mummies and daddies and doctors mm. and all those things which is a, a rite of passage growing up and mm. an experimentation mm. which is completely void of um anything sinister it was just an honest way of growing up but so when you, you can talk about sexuality and, mm. and stuff like that but then you, that same rule applies yep. to things that can be very so that all of a sudden you're going to start making well you can there but you can't there but you can there this is this is the slippery slope that people are warning about okay because um and you're starting to see it even in the last couple of weeks uh, news articles i don't just judge all pedophiles because um you know, pedophilia sometimes doesn't always just come out as um, sexual acts against kids. You might have the desire, but you don't do anything about it, so you're okay. Yes. Okay, the problem is the slippery slope is that once we start to define ourselves by our sexuality, then all bets are off. Okay, if I identify as a kid and they're starting to demonise less the proclivity for raping children or being attracted to children, because now we've, the gays are good, they're fine the trans are good we're on their side these people now they're attracted to kids oh we can't leave them out too so let's um let's make sure they're okay and um uh once we start to do this slippery slope then there's no stop i mean that's a it's a 
a lot of people won't even dance around this topic like they'll they'll stay well away from it but questions need to be asked I do. and once you define yourself by your sexuality and define yourself on the basis of fairness and feelings then uh you, you've lost the whole thing Mm. You, because once you say I'm this then you work in the confines of what that is and we can't just say I'm a person it's got to be as a gay person as a black person, as a Muslim person, as a trans person no you're a person who was created to do something amazing stop uh, boxing yourself into this thing of how you think you should act and be yep. stop identifying yourself through feelings and it's always based on sex, money and power the three things that drive all of us and actually have a look at what you were doing and how you were contributing to society mm. Because at the moment, you're not. Well, mate, there must be plenty out there that obviously aren't really contributing to society. So, uh, <laughs> well, I mean, I mean, there is a lot of people that that aren't in a position to really contribute in the way that society is today either. I mean, uh, I mean for example, right, mm. you, you could be an awesome bow hunter mm. and you can shoot a bird from 100 metres away mm. and you know how to cook and clean them. How would that contribute to society? Unless society broke down, all of a sudden that you can. So, <laughs> yeah, the way things are going, that would be a very valuable skill to have. But what I'm saying is, this, I mean, society is shaped a certain way. So, But that, we don't need to restrict ourselves to go, oh, I can't do this, therefore I can't do anything. Yeah. You know, um, a society, and possibly, dare I say, this has been a bit contrived too, because a society is strongest when it's supporting one another and, and, and unified and lifting one another up and, and caring. So if we're not doing that and again we're just dividing contributing society is more than just here's my skills. You know, here's how can I help? How can I serve you? Because I know at the same time you can help me if I need it too. How, what, are you, what legacy are you leaving? What, uh, what example are you showing? Are you a person who uh, rolls around screaming on the floor because you won't get your way or because your feelings have been hurt or do you say no I'm responsible for how I feel nobody else is and I'm going to actually do something I'm going to help people maybe or support people or um, yeah, do a good deed for someone or, or something there's a million ways we can contribute yeah that's good but I don't think we're ever going to be able to stop people just being people and just human nature no, to because it is human nature and you so know, does that mean that human nature then is, is really in control here at the end of the day, is a human nature that's going to actually be. It, it's what will do determine wanna, what happens. Do you want a sociological or a theological answer? Give me the theological first. Okay, theological. So, for those who don't know, obviously, I am a, an ordained minister as well. Uh, so, this this is more in my wheelhouse <laughs> of, of things. But ultimately, it would come down to what wheelhouse? We, yeah, <laughs> yeah, wheelhouse. What we would call <laughs> a, a sin issue. Right. And the fact is that we're all born sinful. We're all born selfish and self-centered and desiring what we want. Um, hell, they used to do uh, ads. I think it was at National Mutual Insurance. Remember, for the most important person in the world, you. you. Exactly right. So we've been conditioned, and we do. We, uh, our self-centeredness is completely what drives us. It's a, it's a sin issue as much as it is a sociological issue. But have you noticed a shift from self-centre as far as people didn't crave fame like they do today? Mm. And I think that that paradigm shifted between what self-centred was back in the early days where it's like, I'm going to take control. I, I think if I study hard and work hard, 
I can be the one that can solve these issues mm. which to make the world a better place. Which is purely ego, but yeah. Which is pure ego, yet at the same token, it was the people that we revered and the people that we put up on a pedestal as being great people. And many of the great people like Louis Pasteur and all these great doctors mm. and scientists and, you know, um, Madame Curie and, mm. and, and all these different people that we revere and Nobel Prize winners, for mm. example, they all had a different motivation. But today, we're... We're putting people like the Kardashians and that up on this same pedestal, oh, yeah. Yeah. which which have the same type of drive and and self centeredness, but the but the output is completely different. So who was yet so we revere it in the same way we do these other people. Who a society reveres is actually a reflection on where a society's values are. Um, you know, fifteen five hundred years ago. But do you think the government at some point could be Looking at this and saying, "God, we don't want this to happen. We need no, to. We need to take control and show them a no, better No, because way. the people have grown up with this stuff and have been poisoned by the exact stuff we've been talking about through university and studying through feelings. Are the ones who are now in power, right? Um, it, the, you don't go into the halls of power and have an ab- attitude change. You know, the, you carry it. You, you campaign on that. Again, I'll, I'll keep pointing to the states, and you've got absolute morons running around there campaigning on things like. Oh, not giving out, not letting people out. Oh, sorry, um, cheap bail for people, or not criminalising certain things, or where it is in San Francisco now, where you can, you know, stab a needle in your arm, take a crap on the sidewalk, and steal eight hundred bucks worth of groceries, and you won't be charged. People campaign on this stuff. Was it Chicago that had that incident recently where there was a shootout in the street involving, I think it was maybe say eight or nine people. Mm-hmm. Maybe ten or seven. Who knows? There was a, there was a certain amount of people that revolved in a in a broad daylight shootout on the street, and the governor of that state basically called the shots on the on the judicial system there to say no charges will be laid due to the fact that it was mutual combat. Now you tell me in what world that is in any way, shape, or form sane. Do you think things would be different if some five-year-old girl who was riding a bike down this accidentally got caught in the crossfire? I was just reading uh, 10 minutes ago uh, that a young uh, 11-month-old boy has been shot in the face while his mother was sitting with him in his car. This is where society is at in the States. And we can go on about gun laws and all that stuff. Uh, it's a completely separate issue at the moment to what is the driving force behind this. And it's pure selfish. It's pure self-centeredness i will take what i want and as long as what's best for me is works and whoever gets in the way can get go to hell then we're good so again a society's values are reflected in who they admire so 500 years ago uh society valued well they uh, valued warriors and men they valued men had had an important part in society of leading the way and showing the young men growing up yep how shit is done. Yeah. Theologically, that is also how it should be done still. I, so, st- I believe in it. But, you know, we, we admired the thinkers. We admired, um, you know, the, 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 the lecturers and, and the smart people, whether it was, um, you know, your Newtons or even your Luthers. You know, these people were admired because they were uh, eloquent and they could speak and they could tap into society and, and, and provide insight. And we love that. That's that's all. That's true as well. But do you, there's something that's a known fact, which is probably not really talked about in all that as well. Mm. They're not admired by everybody. Mm. 
So each people admires different people for different reasons. Yeah, but I'm talking in society in general. So our society in general now will elevate and celebrate uh, people who don't know what gender they are, will uh, elevate and celebrate people who uh, are just foul-mouthed, crass, uh, humorless, <laughs> so, uh, so sounds like people. most of my podcasts. <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. It's, there's humour, and there's, but we well, look at the Kardashians. Or who was that vacuous blonde idiot before? Um, Paris Hilton. Right. You know, people lift those people up who do nothing. They're famous for being famous. Kim Kardashian was famous because her her father defended O.J. Simpson, so he must have been a really good lawyer, um, because you know. It, it, defend a guilty man all the way to innocence is incredible uh, but she got famous for being nailed on a video home video right that's right yeah so she got famous well then Paris there was the Paris video as well yeah, yeah. I remember a night in Paris I'm sure uh, I'm sure of uh, and these are people we, we think uh, we, we say are good role models for girls yep we are literally and deliberately confusing our kids they do not know who they are or what they are and when you do not know who you are and what you are, all it takes is one person with nefarious intention to say, I love you, I'll take care of you, I know what you are, and you cling on to that. Of course. And we are, you know... But that, once again... Everything that, ties in together. But th- this boils down to the family and the family nucleus, which has fallen apart, it's eroded. Why is it How eroded? Many fam- look, it's very rare and very rare to hear of people that have been together since mm-hmm. all their lives. Yeah. I mean, it, it happens. Yeah. But the majority of people I know have either a split for some reason. They don't, mm. you know. Or, or, or the big one is we'll stay together while we're with the kids. But the, sometimes in itself that can be detrimental uh, because they, 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 they see the arguing, they see the lack of love. Yep. And kids will pick up on that. They they do. And this is, once again comes back to what I would call a sin problem, is because if we don't go into a relationship with somebody, uh, completely prepared to lay down our life for their benefit to support them in everything in the same getting it back from them in a, what we call what I call a servant relationship look at the animal kingdom look at what mothers in the animal kingdom will do mm. for their calves their their, their cubs mm. their you know yeah um, all of a sudden their life is for them and I think we've kind of lost sight of that like mm. I'm going to bring an example up we go to a shopping centre and we sit in a food court and we see a baby sitting down mm. with its mum Mum's just hanging on to the baby. Baby's looking around. Probably got a something that's eating or something like that. Mm. What's mum doing? On the phone. She's on the phone. Yep. P- couple goes to a restaurant, sits down. Yep. They're paying eighty-five to one hundred and fifty dollars for a meal. Mm. And that was when I was growing up. You took a girl to a restaurant. Why? Because you got to know them. It was intimate, and yep. it was a, a chance to come together uninterrupted. The only to, way you to can have build a, a relationship with someone is to spend that time to with find them. out. You know, is this the person for me? Who are it was, you? It was, yeah. a, it was a common way of doing mm-hmm. that. And I see it with the young generation today. Mm-hmm. I'll sit down, not saying everybody, but mm-hmm. quite a lot. Yeah. And they've got their phones on the table and they're engaged in the phone yeah. while they're sitting at and the our, table. And our, our romantic life, dare I say, has been reduced to swiping right to see who you can shag on, a, on Tinder. Right. Yeah, there is no depth to that. There is no meaning to that. There is no purpose to that. And what happens is when the rubber hits the road, marriage gets hard. Uh, and I can talk about this because I've made some almighty stuff-ups in my marriage. Stupid stuff. Thoughtless stuff. 
I've upset my wife in more ways than you could possibly imagine. She's still with me. She's upset me in a lot of ways too. I'm still with her. Why? Because our attitude is that I've chosen to be with this person. And in choosing to make that commitment to be with someone, I've also said I'm laying down my life for your benefit. Yep. Right? So what you want, you're more important than me. And it's counter-cultural now. It's counter-societal norms. Who you are is more important than what I want. The problem is then, or the, the problem, the good thing is then, that hopefully my wife feels that. She comes home from work, oh, he's washed the dishes and done this stuff that he hates doing, but he knows it makes me feel loved by doing that, so he does it. So I'm going to make him feel loved now by cooking his favourite meal. And then I go, oh, that's really nice of you, sweet. I really, really feel loved. Let me um, do the dishes again for you, or something. Well, that, that's reciprocation. And that's how it should be. But we have taken our lives and our society has focused us completely on us. No fault divorce was the worst thing that could ever happen. Because it gave people an out rather than having to work at something. Because marriage is work, you know that yourself. Um, marriage takes effort. Marriage is a choice, but marriage takes an act of will. It's not just, you know, the fir after the first 12 months, all of a sudden, <laughs> you know, it gets, it gets hard and it gets harder. And it takes more and more will sometimes because we are selfish and we want things a certain way or look at that, there's a young girl over there who looks better than my raggedy old wife now. I might just, you know, it's, it's all about us. A lot of my needs, my needs, my needs, my needs, my needs. Whereas a healthy marriage should say, what is about your needs that I can do? And it's the family is deliberately being broken down and absent fathers are, whether through work and, and mining or, or whatever, or just through no-fault divorce. Yep. When there is no father, when there is no strong male presence to love the ki kids and the children or the wife, who steps in and fills that hole? Phones, cheap sex, drugs, crime, um, government. Well, other other short-term males as well. Yeah. You know, yep. like... Well, say mum might have a yeah, bunch of boyfriends or... Yeah. But this this stuff will get filled. And, and the same way goes for guys that yep. are... Of course, but these holes will get filled, yep. and they will get filled usually by things that are unhelpful. Because in saying that, I've also seen some mums that have done a fantastic, uh, look, there are and always remarkable jobs, always uh, exceptions to the rule. And, and, and we're talking in broad generalisations here, but this is society is degenerating because you're right. The family has been dismembered and dismantled. But it also boils down to greed too, because my theory on all that mm. is the reason that, that the majority of the reason that is happening is affordability to live. So, for example, mm -hmm. I live in a very modest house and back in the day when my father was growing up, mm -hmm. he went to work, mum brought up the kids, yep. looked after us, got us to school. On one wage. Cared and nurtured for us on a, on a wage that wasn't spectacular. But you could live. And we never lived without anything. Yep. And we could live. Mm -hmm. The house was paid off in, in 12 or 13 years. Mm -hmm. Houses back then were six thousand dollars. <laughs> yeah, for a, for a, a one bedroom or uh, sorry for a, a three bedroom, one bathroom, and people were quite happy to live in that house. Well, you didn't know any different, did you? Well, no. we lived outside. Yeah, yeah, but we didn't know any different either. And if we dared complain, there was a right hand up the back of your head, and you knew you. Oh, I'll shut up now, and I won't say anything. I remember going to people's houses had that had, had a garage that went under their house mm. because they lived on a gradient. Mm. Would blow my mind. Yep, yep, yep. These must be super rich people. Yep, absolutely. And again, yeah. and now we live in a place where I've, I've st stepped inside three, four, five million dollar mm. homes, mm. and the opulence is ridiculous. However, 
that's almost like an expectation now because to become a millionaire these days is so much more attainable mm. but what's the problem it comes at a cost and what's that family time and, and I say it time and time again uh, on this podcast time mm. so what's all the common denominator with these children and the generation coming through now mm. they haven't had the time put into them by their parents no. their parents have disappeared because they haven't put the time into each other yep. and the time is the common denominator so it comes back again to an act of will and again again I'm going to say it again it's a sin problem now we are selfish now sometimes we do wrong things to people and we impact our their lives with our sinfulness and sometimes it happens to us too so you know we talk about greed and not being able to afford a house yep that is because other people have been deliberately trying to uh, fill their pockets at the detriment of others and that's that is all comes back to oh. are we going to go into is it is this heading into like getting back to the seven deadly sins Oh, there's more than seven deadly sins. Yeah, I know, but you know what I'm saying? Like greed, gluttony, uh, self-admiration, all those. Everything comes back to what I I like to say. Everything comes back to something called idolatry. Right? So whatever we make is an idol, whether it's... An idol? Well, yeah, but it could be work. Work could be an idol for some people. Some people. They've got to work and work and work because that fills, well, it doesn't fill, but it, they think it fills a hole in their life. Very common, actually, in the Japanese culture. Yeah, or it could be um, things, toys, tools, trinkets, tidbits. Right. Um, yeah, I'm a bit of a thing person. I like things. Yeah. Um, and the focus on getting things can become an idol. It could even be relationships. Look how good my kids are. I mean, even well, promoting your kids, you know, those overbearing dance mum type people, that's an idol. Yeah. Okay, I worship at that because that's what consumes me. And if we are completely focused all the time and consumed by the temporal, then our eyes are always going to be down and not looking at the bigger things. Mm. What about someone like myself that's too hazy to focus on any one thing? Um, Well, you know... I mean, I I live for my kids. I've known that for years and I still love you, so... (laughs) But... I don't, I don't really have anything that consumes me. You know what I mean? It's sort of weird. Like, I couldn't say that I've got things uh, I like to do, but I don't I, have the, any one thing that... I, I'd push back on that a bit because your kids can become your idol. So you're wanting to maybe do a business somewhere. You know, that's always the back of your mind. There's something that's driving underneath and, and those gears. Um, you know, or whatever plans you have to for your kids' benefit. And I know it's always for your kids and family. Mm. So that becomes almost an idol sometimes because yeah, that's your motivation yeah. now we can look at that and go oh that's wonderful that's nice and that's altruistic but ultimately the, the driving force and motivation of that is still what we feel right so your family might be more than happy I'm just you know just speculating to live here at this time with you doing this and be happy but you think oh, I've got to do this and 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 therefore it becomes not about them even though you might think it's about them, but it's more about filling that part of yourself where you go, okay, now I feel like I've done something for them. Right. So we actually bypass what they need and filter it through ourselves before we... Uh, pity there's no cameras here because all my hand movements aren't going to translate well, are they? Um, well, they kind of get an idea because you keep hitting the mic. Oh, that's, you know, well, that's yeah, good. So. <laughs> and one more for, for good measure. Uh, so where's our focus? Well, that's... The problem is, but there's so much 
stimulation, I suppose, through media and stimulation and almost, and probably education. Mm. I mean, humans have have gone through being being sponges for information as part of our makeup and our DNA. Mm. But at the moment, I think we we get an overload of information. So therefore, instead of taking on a lot of information in one particular subject and truly getting to understand it. Mm. There are people that do that. They often become doctors, lawyers, mm. and all that kind of stuff, or, or, or professional in their field. Mm. We're so bombarded by information that we tend to shut down limited amounts of that information. Therefore, we truly don't understand what yeah. it is that we're, we're accepting we, in as, as fact or fiction. We so. also don't ask the question of where the information comes from. Good question. Yeah, so, oh, well, good point, I should yeah. say. Yeah. So we, we don't do that. We go, oh, this is what everyone's saying, therefore it must be true. And my work, uh, whether it's been through through schools and chaplaincy with, with kids, it uh, doesn't matter who it is, whether it's people on a Sunday, I say question everything. You've got to question me. Yep. Make sure that I'm consistent in telling you stuff or saying something to you. So if I say something you're not sure about, ask me. Because if you're not asking me, I could say whatever I want to you. You can't just blindly accept that. If you're invested and you care about something, you want to know why I'm saying that. Where are you getting that from? Because I want to support you or I want to understand more. And if I can't answer that, then I'm not doing my job. And again, so the good thing about your, your parish or your church, mm. if someone farted, people aren't afraid to go, was it you? No, I just I just single them out and laugh. Normally, that's what I would do. Um, it, so, oh, oh, it was you. Good one. Yes. <laughs> uh, well spoken. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> um, but uh, but uh, look, we again. I get back to this thing I said earlier that we've got a whole generation of people now that run on ninety-eight octane emotion, yep. and have not been told how to think, just what to think. Critical not thinking. Not only that. Not only uh, to understand themselves. So therefore, when they feel emotions, can they justify as to why they... Well, they can't because they haven't been taught how to think critically. Why am I feeling this way? Yes. Yeah. I mean, I remember when I was younger, yeah. living the party life mm. and doing some pretty heavy like nights out on mm. certain drugs. And you'd always come back that next morning and, and I used to find myself sitting at the end of the bed absolutely howling mm. and then saying to myself, I know why I feel like this because I've just done that much acid the two days prior. Mm. This is the come down day, mm. yep. but I was so self-aware to think that's all right. I'm just going to cry for another three hours, then it's out of my system, mm. and I'm ready to do it again next year. Yep. But I never once said to myself in my mind, "I'm so pressed, I'm so down. Life's not worth living." Because mm. I was like, "Hell yeah, life's worth living. <laughs> I want to, I want to do this. This again. feels awesome. This feels awesome." <laughs> But I was actually laughing at myself, going, yeah. you cockhead, have a go at you, you're sitting here bowling your yeah. eyes out. But there's nothing I can do, because this is part and parcel of the two euphoric mm. days that I have before yep. at a rave party up at Cable Beach Broom mm. somewhere. Yep. You know, that now I've come down and I'm sitting there howling, and, and because my my emotional dump after having that much serotonin mm. and the endorphins just pissing through my body. Mm. But I had that self-awareness to say, Oh, I know why this is happening. Yeah, but we, we don't, we haven't taught people that. Uh, the best question you can ever say to anyone who says anything is, what do you mean by that? It's the key to communication. You can say something and if I have to, I have to ask you, what do you mean by that? So I'm not responding to what I think you mean. This is how conversations get off tangent. Let's, are we, are let's we define. Do, are we doing that because we've become lazy? And oh. it's almost too much effort 
to listen to, or is it the fact that I just want you to hear me? So here's the question. Have we, A, become too lazy to listen and understand and take in the answer? Mm. Are we really that lazy? Or B, are we so narcissistic I don't really care what you've got to say or what it is? I'd say there's probably a C there as well, Yep. which is a bit of A and a bit of B. But it's also the fact that uh, regardless of what you say, I have my opinion on this and you need to hear that. So you might ask me something and all I hear is a trigger word. or So vaccine, straight away, right! Now, hang on, that's not what you're asking at all. So when you say, what do you think about the vaccine? What do you mean by that? What, what are you trying to ask first? Okay, now I know what parameters you've given me. I can speak to that. Right. Otherwise, it's just like, then you go, what the hell are you talking about? That's not what I meant. Then you get angry and I go, what are you getting angry at me for? I'm just trying to ask you a question. And then I get angry. And, and that's how things happen because we are not taught to question or listen. Mm. It's, um, okay, I hear what you want to say. Now listen to my point. I'm right. I'm always right. And I'll get really crapped off with you if you uh, try to show me that I'm not right because I'm always right. Do you find that a lot of youth today have got a real issue with their pride being dented and that's also um, a commonplace in, in, in society these days where, for example, the, um, the, the violence that we see on the street yeah. today, nowhere near as actually as what it was back in, yeah. say, the 70s and 80s growing up. Yeah. The, the, the biffs that happened in places back then were a lot more commonplace. Mm. However, there was no need to carry on to the point where you may kill this person. Yeah. So the reason I get to that point is the fact that the reason that this malicious wounding happens mm. is because, hang, and, and it often happens because you've dented my pride, and straight away we're not going to go, I'm going to give you a clip in the ear and teach you a lesson, and mm. it's one, and then all of a sudden, A, the person accepts it. Mm. Sorry, mate, I was a bit out of line. Mm. here let's go have a beer and I've been in that case where I've had a, a bust up with a fella and I go right out mate let's go have a beer that, that's we'll... how we used to do it we'd punch on that was done but nowadays it's you're taking it to the level of, of and it does get taken to the level of where people are killed yep now why uh, over such a stupid because you've you've, you've the, and this where is did getting, we get this idea this from? is getting back to looking bad yeah and that, and Where getting, did we get this idea from? Well, it's all coming from the whole system that's the government at the moment. Yeah, like, but also it started coming in the, in the early to mid-80s, the, the, the gangster culture. No. no. The, yes, sorry, yes the gangster no. rap culture, which is more and more... It peaked in the 90s with you know the misogyny and the, the violence and stuff, and this whole idea of um, you, if you disagree with me in any way, shape, or form, you're disrespecting me. In order for me to keep my respect, I need to belt the shit out of you or shoot you. Well, I remember you. growing up to listening to like NWA, Body Count, yep. um, which were heavy gangster. Mm, yeah, well, yeah. I had a lot of friends that were into it. Mm. But it didn't... I guess that's... The, you know, at any point, did I not want to go out and start shooting up a cop? No, but the more it gets permeated through society, the more it becomes acceptable. Well, there's also that percentage, too, that actually... It does activate. It does activate a, a th yeah. that. And look, I've always been a type of guy that if I pre-emanate something, or say, for example, if I went out and I, I, I said to myself, if that guy's there tonight and he's Easter, and I've, mm. you've seen me, I've done this, and, and mm. I, I don't, I don't like myself for it, but I find myself doing it time and time again. Where I'll go, if he does that again. Mm. I mean, there's a great example at a at a festival we were playing at. Where a guy came out, stage, came out to tell me that there's a, a a guy out there that 
um, yeah. is going to like he's here who wants to see you mm. but in my head because one I'm hard of hearing and we're on stage mm. I had already said if that guy speaks to me like that again one more time because he did speak down to a lot of people and he had a real issue with blowing people off and mm. And he kind of had this attitude, you know what I mean? Yeah, and, yeah. and I'm the type of guy, well, if you have to keep like that with me, mate, we're going to have a problem. Mm. But he actually done a nice thing. He came out and he was saying something that was quite lovely. Mm. He was doing me a favour. I heard the attitude and all that. Mm. I had already made up my mind that mm. if he does that again, I'm going to tip him on his head. Mm. And I went out and done it. Now, that was preceded by just me thinking that way. Yeah. And, and to be honest, nothing put that in my head I put that in my head myself mm. but what I'm trying to say is that when you're getting and you're listening to certain culture or certain influences from the media and all that kind mm. of thing that seed can be planted in your head too so when that situation arises because we're not taught and this once again goes back to the male role model that, that guided us through society yeah. as growing up we're not taught to be moderate to we're consider not taught, we're not taught to go well you could be wrong yeah or you need to listen to this bloke because he may be saying a good thing. Mm. That was an example yeah. of where I flipped out yeah. and didn't even listen to the guy. Yeah, and the poor guy Ass cried afterwards. Assumed that he was saying something different. Yeah. I've acted on it pretty wildly. Mm. Scared the living shit out of this bloke. Mm. Only to find out that he was trying to help me. Yeah. And I felt like an idiot. And I still yeah. to this day cannot say sorry to him enough. Yeah. And but in some ways that's not a bad thing. Because um, you remember that next time, you know what I mean. Yeah. Like, um, well, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, next time you hopefully remember it next time. But the, what I'm saying is that premeditation can be dangerous. Oh, and, and not, I guess that's where the influences come yeah. in from. Be that kind of thing. Because we are a society that focuses so much on our emotion, but we don't stop to consider reason. Right. Okay, and this is in every aspect of life, whether it's through schooling, whether it's through the arts, whether it's through religion. Yeah. Um, we are so emotionally focused that we don't stop to realise that, hey, we need to back up our emotion with reason too. And if there isn't reason, and if what we believe is wrong, take the loss and move on, rather than trying to <laughs> uh, get upset about things or try to change the rules on things. Yep. Um, you know, like again, but look at the trust the science that's been going on, and that's keeps changing. I'll, t I'll tell you, here's a simple fact: science does not say anything, all right, but scientists do. So science is science is science, but a scientist will look at it this way, or another scientist will look at the information this way, depending on what their maybe preconceived notions might be. So, right. so while they're, they're a conveyor. And all they are is a conveyor of information mm. because we don't understand the information. Mm. They convey it to us in a in terminology as Joe Public can understand it. Mm. But How, however, in that translation, mm. it can be manipulated. Of course, science says this. So science says now there are more than one genders. Apparently, no, that's not what science says at all. That's what a scientist has said by looking at the data and deciding that's what he wants it to say. We need to be really careful with this. Uh, this worship of scientism that has pervaded our society. Science is the key. Science is king. No, science is uh, science. What are the acolytes telling you who do the science? Because if science cannot be questioned, straight away you've fundamentally undone the first law of science. <laughs> you know, ask questions. 
don't look at it something and go, oh, it's science, it's good. No, we don't do that. It's not scientific at all. It just defeats the whole scientific method. So we're so inconsistent with things because, again, we're just worried about feelings. You're heating up, are you? No, just um, not feeling cool from the aircon. Yeah. <laughs> so it's um, reaching a mammoth profile. Like temperatures outside, it so is. Now, it could be struggling a little th bit. Theologically, again, no, it is outside. It's thirty-five, so it's not too bad. Um, theologically, again, um, yeah, I would look at uh, the scriptures and say Jesus would say that where your treasure is, that's where your heart is. Right. So whatever you treasure, that's where the focus of your heart is going to be. If it's on self, that's where your focus is. Mm. If it's on things, that's where your focus is. And what we do as humans is we will start to live to feed those focuses, to enhance those focuses, to drive those focuses. You don't do it when you're young. Oh, we do. We just do it in different ways. Yeah. Okay, so... Um, I suppose you're right. You have a little baby. Yep. How do you know when to feed her? She cries. Right. She doesn't know how to reason yet or anything. She just knows that if I do this, I get food. So if I'm hungry, that's it. I don't care what they're doing. Good example. I'll scream, yep. you feed me. So straight away from the moment we breathe, that um, self-centered nature that is um, evident in all of us, it comes alive. Yep. No one teaches us as kids how to tell yeah, a lie. Yeah, but is that not just purely a survival mechanism? Uh, possibly, but it's still part of our Up nature. Until a, see, that for that example, that's a survival mechanism. Uh, However, well, then it crosses over into a pleasurable mechanism. Uh, it, it can be. I mean, it, I would, or, or is that mechanism there for your survival as well? I would so in say order that's, for you yeah. to survive and your, and your mental health, mm. is that then being driven to that's what makes you happy, therefore that, that helps you to, to exist and to, to be I, on the I would say that's partly... Uh, okay, yeah, so again, we come back to this whole idea of the heart and, and sin, and we are born that way. Now, if we live in an imperfect world, and that stuff gets passed down. Mm. All right, that instinctual stuff gets passed down as much as anything. It's part of the broken system that we live in because we don't come out the womb tolerant. <laughs> you know, and like I said, no one teaches us how to lie. Yeah. Yep. We instinctively know to lie when we think we're going to get in trouble. Who did that? I didn't do it. Who drew on the wall? Not me. And you're covered in crayon or, you know, or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Okay, we know straight away our instinct is to be dishonest. To protect ourselves, but do you think that can be a, a, a that can be unlearned, or if so, it's being taught? Um, Therefore, if the parents said like, "Oh, did you do that?" and then you go, "Oh, that's okay. We yeah. can clean it up together," and you don't put that fear into the children mm. of repercussion yep. due well, to their actions. There, there is a nature versus nurture question here about um, punishment versus restoration. Say, so, okay, so some people grow up, you're punished go to your room, whatever. Some people say, you you really made me upset. You've done the wrong thing here, but let's fix it. And I've restored you so you don't feel unloved. Yeah. Uh, I grew up in a both, as most of us might have. We, hell, we Total punishment for me. Well, <laughs> we would often have a favourite parent we'd go to. Oh, yeah, done because, that. Yeah, because we all go, well, this one doesn't... Mum said no, but then yeah, you go we'll, ask Or we'll go, Dad, because yeah. Dad's a softer touch. Yeah, Dad'll probably say yes, yeah. and then you come back, well, Dad said yes. Yeah, and so this is... A, and a, then I learned just not to ask and just do it. Yeah, but this is an example of our selfishness. Yeah. I'll yeah. just manipulate to get what I want. Right. So we're just born that way. So in a way, let's let's bring this back full circle to mm. what our we were talking about earlier. Mm. And we're talking about the government stance and all that kind of mm. stuff. In a way, let's say, call the government Mum and Dad. Mm. We're the kids. They're kind of doing that. Mm. So, 
it almost blows a lot of these conspiracy theories aside because it boils down to human nature. Uh, it, it does and it doesn't because, yeah, there is human nature. Um, don't forget, though, ultimately, human nature is far more devious than... We're kind of sugarcoating it a bit. Oh, ne- never underestimate a person's capacity for evil, ever. But we... we it's, it's there, in, I guess it's there in, in, in a lot of us. I won't say all of us. Some people are so pure, they're beautiful. Uh, but uh, No, they're still broken, you know. But the problem we've got there is, is that, you know, we're, we're still sort of, we've got to exist and we're still going to move forward as the human race goes on. Is that going to compound? Is it going to get worse? Is it something that could get better? There's no, there's no... There's no way of changing. There's, how do you uh, how do you educate people not to be that way? Because then you become this euphoric society. Well, it doesn't work. It and is work. That, uh, does that have its faults? Of course it does. They tried to do this in in Soviet Russia. What happens is 95% of the people are impoverished and bullied, and the 5% um, who they've given over all their control to live it up. Is this a case of like 64.7% of all statistics? Are made up. Are made up on the spot. Um, no, that's actually seventeen point nine three. Yeah. But but it's true. But the human nature I, I again. Heard 16.6. We get. We are this ideal that we're going to live in this utopia. They even tried it at um, with these stupid riots. What they call it? Um, Chud or something or, or um. In Portland, Chaz. The, the autonomous zone they had for for the rioters that they um, they kept the police out. Do you remember that? It was about a year, year and a no, half. No, but ago. it almost sounds like the purge. It, it does. So they said, "This is our area, and we're not going to let the police in, and we're going to look after. We're completely autonomous." Um, and so people would go there, and they'd have their stuff stolen, and they would be upset about it. And they were told, "Well, hang on, no, no, this is our stuff now." You can't do that. And then it only took, um, I think, one night for someone to start handing out guns and people getting shot and killed in there because they'd overstepped their boundaries. So we have this idea of how we think it should be, but we are human and it does not work. It never has worked and never will work because we are all wanting power. Sex, money, power. There are three driving forces, the three things that motivate us above all else, and they're all based in idolatry and selfishness. Would you agree to me, though, when you get to sort of the ages of 47, 48, 49, pushing into 50s, that for a large percentage of us men, sex isn't one of those driving factors anymore? Uh, Yes and no. Um, It just presents itself differently. So we're not just uh, like we were with newlyweds now, but we'll still try to do nice things because we, we, we love someone, but in the back of our mind, we might think, oh, if I plan my cards right here... I know where you're going. Yeah. yeah. Um, we do that. And we don't even think about it. We don't, I don't think we consciously think that yep. most of the time. But it's this motivator that if I please my wife, I might get lucky. I might not hear, again, I've got a headache. Or get off me, Adam. It's not your birthday. Or, you know, she got to lay there and pretend she's someone else. You know, or like, do you please your <laughs> wife up to the point that you go, yeah. all right, finish this. No, 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 no. No, no, she's nice enough. Yeah, it's like plumber like board captain. No, no, she's she's good enough now that when I ask for sex, she leaves the room and turns the light off as she goes, nice. so I can enjoy myself. So it's um, a case of like when you're old, said, "Oh, would you like to have sex?" We go, "No," and then that's okay. Can you lie there while I have sex? Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. Got it. Um, but that still it just presents itself differently. It's not the the in your face stuff that when you're younger you're just chasing skirts all the time because that's where we felt manly or we felt we valued. Well, not or really. Felt. I think it was early days when basically getting it away was 
made you feel good. It, it could control. You had a good week. Exactly. Like when you got laid when you're 18 years old, you yeah. you were good for a month. But you felt special. You felt important. You felt manly. You felt yeah. all these things. And they, you looked it, at other guys who probably hadn't had sex yet, and mm. you thought, well. Here's something I've done that you haven't, you yep. know, and it made you feel. And can you hear the eye-ness in this? Yeah. Um, and it wasn't about the poor girl. She was just the receptacle for our sexual ardour. Mm. So, Especially at that age, too. You didn't yeah. understand. Yeah. Very yeah. rare would you have a guy that's sort of like, that was a mutual thing. Well, it was sometimes, too, because they felt a similar thing mm. sometimes. Sometimes, yeah. Sometimes it was due to the fact that the girls felt they wanted connection and they mm. wanted... Yeah, oh, there's a whole other side there where there's I plenty mean, this of girls. There's a whole podcast. Yeah, in whole uh, abuse girls that would just give themselves over in order to feel love for 15 minutes. I've, you know, I've, um, I've, I've been actually, with those people. Yeah, same over the years, and I look back at it now actually, and I, and I know a few girls that mm. I've been with who mm. have been exactly that. Yep. And I didn't understand it back then, but I do now. And we were happy for because just, it's like I'll oh, be honest, mate, my heart goes out to those girls. Yeah. Because like, I, they will always look at me as that guy that. And I guess you could say it was disrespectful. Yeah. And the way you behaved back then was mm. not what you should have behaved yeah, like. Because we're However, selfish. we didn't have the maturity no. to understand back then. Yeah. And nowadays, by by even contacting or or bringing up those yeah. things, it's kind of like something that they, I'm sure they don't want to talk about. Yeah. So um, it's maturity is shown in those sort of things. So these things still drive us, and selfishness still underpins everything. But in our maturity, we, it just changes its focus and changes its intensity sometimes. Mm. Uh, but, um, you know, we're coming down to this whole, and this is a whole other podcast, uh, question of morality. And that's an important one that we need to tackle because our society is not only on, based on feelings, but we have a question of morality as well. Yeah. But that's probably for next time because that's a whole other kettle of worms. Did I mix metaphors then? Can of fish. Yeah. <laughs> Put all our, bi- um, our eggs in one chicken. Um, <laughs> did, you, did your mum ever have that like wicker um, chicken basket that my mum had? Uh, had all the eggs in it, so it was like a raffia sort of chicken bowl where it was all made from like you know, like a wicker chair sort of thing. We yeah, lift, yeah, yeah. lift the top of the rooster off, and all the eggs would be inside it. Did you, no. Oh, hang on. Are you talking about like an actual pen? Chook pen. Yeah, no, no. It was like an egg basket right. in your kitchen, yep. shaped like a chicken that you'd lift the lid off. The top. Oh, yes, yes. I think everyone had them. Everyone in the had one of those. Like, yeah, yeah, of course. Like my t- gr- it wasn't mum. My grandmother yeah. had one. Yeah. Like Tupperware jugs, or yeah, oh, you go and someone have a big knife, giant well, knife and fork. It's funny you say that because <laughs> before Tupperware, did you think about how much plastic has mm. influenced the world too? Mm. Before that, we had a lot of baskets and we had a lot of metal tins, mm. and and my mother's a. A big, she's hung on to a few of the relics from the past, mm. I guess you could say, at her place. And you go there, and, and she's got a big glass cabinet, and in it, she's got just things from the 40s and the yep. 30s, and things like, you know, the the, the aluminium jar yep. that had biscuits on it. Yep. But they connect you know. us to times in our life where things were good, and that's why we have them. That's why, uh, even, you know, my place, I've got my, what I call my wank wall which has got my little you know, tin tin figurines and tin tin books or maybe certain CDs or, um, you know, uh, figures from He-Man or something. And because, you know, for me, that was a time in my life that I felt... So I guess they represent you know, almost like a tattoo when you look at it and it yeah. takes you back to yeah. a certain memory. We feel happy or secure there at those places. But or I, I heard something the other day that made me laugh. Mm. And it was a, a guy got a tattoo and they said, oh, did, can you tell me about 
you know, when it reminded you of something and all that, he goes, no, all I can remember is like sitting in the chair. It takes me back to when I was sitting in the chair. Yeah. I remember the guy giving me the tattoo and that's the connection. Yeah. That's <laughs> and, and I've got to admit, well, actually, speaking of that, the the one, this one here that you see on my arm, and I'm, for those that are listening, I'm, I'm sort of pointing to a um. an earlier tattoo, <laughs> pointing to an arm, an earlier tattoo I got, which is sort of covered over a little bit when... Well, he passed away about four weeks ago, mm. the person that done that. So in a weird way, I've got something of his yeah. that I'm going to carry to the grave with me. Yeah, you know? yeah. And Legacy. It, it did it did take me... And that came about one night I was touring through with music, mm. caught up with a bunch of lads, ended up back at his place, yeah. three in the morning. He's decided, you know, after a couple of bottles of scotch, mm. let's tattoo each other. Mm. And of course, I went for the smallest, most inconspicuous tattoo yeah. you, you could find. Yeah, uh, it covered my whole bicep. I, I have no idea who did my first one <laughs> well, from shoulder to, shoulder to elbow. Yeah. <laughs> my, f- my first one was a sixteen-year-old. Um, uh, I was a sixteen-year-old drunk kid after the Adelaide show. Went to some seedy back um, back alley place in Salisbury. Yeah. <laughs> I have no idea who did it. It got covered up though. But what was it? Oh, some little Celtic thing. We always try to make meaning out of things that w- weren't where there. Where is it? Oh, it's covered up now. So. Yeah, but where on your body was it? And my uh, arm. So I had to hide it, but it was up, covered up under my microphone here. So. All right. So um, what, what's actually there now? Have you got? Is it like a wolf or? <laughs> what is it? This is my music arm. So it's not finished yet. So I've got my microphones, my guitars. Oh, look. My so that's keyboards a, for, for those that anyone that knows microphones. So at, Adam Shelby's arm at the moment. And he's got a microphone which looks very much like a C414 AKG reference mic. Who has one of those microphones? You do. And that's why I got it there. So everyone else gets an old classic 50s type microphone. I wanted the AKG one there. So Yeah, right. And then under that, you got looked like a Les Paul. No, that's a strap. That's my PRS. That's oh, a PRS, yep. Yep, there's my tailor. Yep. Um, Are you going to finish that PRS? Yeah, I've got, yeah, eventually. I want to get my drums in there too. This is my family arm. So at the moment, it's got Taylor and I've got. That's what represents the missus. So you've got. Um, so what I'm, what I'm looking at now is, is Adam's left arm. And and from now you have told me about this one. Now it looks like a, basically it looks like a, a fort, a castle, mm-hmm. um, and and it's in Newfoundland. In say it right, God, for God's sake, say it right. Oh, sorry, New- Newfoundland. No, <laughs> she'll kill both of New- us. Newfoundland. 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 So she so always says, like understand Newfoundland. Understand Newfoundland. Not land, land. We're Newfoundland. <laughs> I'm going yes. to say Newfoundland. It's the main landmark of everyone recognised in, in Newfoundland, and so that's um, sort of can, like the Can Sydney you tell Opera people House. where that is, actually? Yeah, it's called Cabot Tower, a place called Signal Hill. Newfoundland is a little island off the east coast of Canada, kind of like the Tasmania of Canada, and we you know, the same jokes and everything go for them too. So. You've got a very distinctive accent. So if you think Canada, you think they sound like Americans, well... You notice the, the the shift in accents in America. Well, it's it's probably even heavier, believe it or not, in Canada. Oh, it is, and and and, and you go from the, yep. the well, the Eastern Seaboard, which is heavily Irish. Yep. So it's a real Irish Canadian mix. That's right. And yeah. I, I I actually enjoy listening and, to my wife talk to her parents. And I just want to point out when yeah. you think of Eastern and Western, you've got to remember the Earth's upside down there, or we're upside down. So you kind of do this crossover at the equator. So East is actually West, West is East. No. 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 That's just your head. Uh, east is still head. east, so it's still east. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, to the top right side of Canada. Oh, you're, yeah, you're yeah. right, actually. Because yeah, I'm thinking of Nova Scotia. Yeah, and yeah. it's all that on the side. right. Yeah, it's yeah. all on that side. Yeah. So yeah, it's um, it's oh, a yeah, great it's place. Tofino, <laughs> Nova Scotia, British. Like Columbia. I said, we'll just blame your head knocks. <laughs> all right. So. 
Uh, but look, I'd love to do this again because these, are, if this actually gets any traction, hey, if anyone actually does bother to listen to this, ask questions. Yeah. Ask, ask us. Ask me. I'll, I'll respond to any question. Um, how? How did they ask you? Well, how would they? Um, Let's give your phone number out and they can send you a text message. No, I'll give the wife's out. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, she'll receive a text message. Yeah, no, just when, where, wherever you, this gets posted. Hello, mountain woman. <laughs> how much for the girls? What are you women? What are you doing tonight? Um, yeah, wherever you post this on Facebook or whatever, just put the questions underneath and we'll, we'll get to them because I'd like... To, I, we've been talking about making this a, a semi-regular Well, let's call thing. these, and we spoke about it, let's call these sessions where we get very deep because this podcast, I, I like to talk to musos. Usually I like to get loose, have a few to drink, talk shit. But every now and then it's nice to pull these very deep and theological sort of podcasts together. More often with yourself and, you know, other, there's a few others that, that can sort of enter the depths we outthink out ourselves and we just we sound stupid but we do but uh so let's call them from here on in they shall be known as the priest and the beast podcast series happy with that maybe a bit more yeast over east but yeah no it's good man that that sounds good um let's uh so it's the priest yep. with yeast and the beast from the east. with the least podcast <laughs> Uh, and there's still no reason why we can't sit down with a nice whiskey or two and, and discuss these things as well. So yeah, uh, but look, uh, let's let's talk about morality next time because that's a really fascinating topic, and I think it's one that uh, also drives us. Can I just remind people at home that Adam is actually a drummer, which is always spawn the theory that they're not one too intelligent or be that bright. Well, no, I must say, uh, <laughs> hey, what <laughs> uh, thing? No. Yeah. <laughs> hey! <laughs> uh, Neil Peart from Rush, he was their lyricist, and that was some of the most esoteric and, and crazy lyrics ever. So, but yeah, look, um, I think I think functional drummers are few and far between. Look, where that where that come from is uh, anyone in their right mind that needs to spend that much time setting up their their equipment mm. and lugging that stuff in and out. Yep. Um, because it, it it when you could just walk, made singers of the go. Walking with a golden microphone and yep. place it in the microphone stand. Yeah, I've done my loading, man. And yep. then <laughs> build out their repertoire. Yeah, but they're of the focus, of course. Vocal disharmony. Yep. Why are you talking like the guy with um? I'm almost like the uh, get your hand off my penis, bloke. Oh, Gentlemen, yes, this yes. is the Gentlemen. democracy manifest. <laughs> There's something about people who talk like that, but uh, it sounds did smarter. you notice actually who does talk like that? It is, it is the emperor <laughs> from Star Wars. Um, yeah, so it's probably time for your meds now. Yes, um, but this has been awesome. Let's let's do another one of these. But I would like to discuss morality because it's a lot of fun. And if you have any questions, <laughs> I'm hearing this. It's morality <laughs> yes. in society. Yeah, Come yeah. with us with the guy who performs for the deity. So, <laughs> yeah, for sure. And don't say diet in my presence, please. So, <laughs> uh, so, so yeah, uh, wherever you post this, ask your questions, ask away. If some of us, some of you guys have got us anyway, so. So, uh, happy just, to, talk to, about just stuff. to freak out anyone that's listening to this podcast, um, the next one will be lighter. I do believe the next guest coming up is uh, Mr. Clint from uh, was Spud Gun. He's now sort of lead vocalist in the band Volgrite, which are making massive waves. Clint H, or is that too obvious? Yeah, uh, we'll call him C. C. I like, call him, I like to call him the Clinterist, but uh, 
the Clint will be, um, yeah, Mr. Hodges will be with us next week, and uh, I'm pretty sure that he's going to have some pretty cool things to talk about. He's been on a bit of a journey as far as uh, he's going to talk about going to England. He spent some time over there rocking and rolling, and of course, he's uh, back in Australia and he's with this brand new band called Volgrite, so we will play some of theirs. Uh, the song that you heard earlier was Vile Nation by Kabashi. Uh, we just thought it was appropriate for that podcast. Yeah. Uh, and of course, you can, uh, if you like what you heard there, you can go on to Spotify and feel free to um, yep. download or even or just listen to uh, Kabashi. And he recorded a, a, an album live. Yep. Everything uh, in one take. In one take with uh, Mr. Huxtable there at uh, Oracle Studios. Yep. So, and when you speak to Clint, ask him about the time, he went up to the most un... Um, how do I put this nicely? The most unshaggable bloke in the pub and asked him if he had a condom. That was pretty funny. So it was uh, pretty funny, so yeah. Come up to two middle-aged men, uh, three middle-aged men actually, all pushing in their 50s and... Uh, and our guts pushing our belts. <laughs> and uh, yeah, while we're sitting down at the table with our wives and children. And, and uh, I believe uh, and, the and term was, us, do you have a franger? Was yeah, the he term, said, oh, yeah. you don't have a franger by chance. Does anyone here have a franger by chance? So... Yep, uh, so. That's, uh, so we're going to talk about preparation with uh, Clint yes. next week. <laughs> yeah. well, we don't use them anymore. We're married and I haven't used that. I don't mind that. It'll be for years anyway. So. Well, thanks very much for listening. That was The Priest and the Beast, of course. We are two members of a band called Kabashi. Make sure you check out our socials www.kamashi.com if you want to check out our website you can also uh, check out some of our stuff online which is easy to find Kabashi Band Perth uh, or you can also look at uh, we'll ask, ask Siri who the fattest band in Perth is Stacks Podcast. I'm your host, Joe D. Johnny.